0: Welcome to Shorts with Tara and Jill. This is Jill. This is Tara. Hey. <laughs> so, is your dog an efficient pooer?
1: I cannot watch Stella. <laughs> I feel, first of all, it just makes me feel very uncomfortable. I don't. I feel like I'm invading her space, and then it just like looks weird, and I'm like, I, I got to turn away every time.
0: <laughs> I can't watch. I mean, I kind of like to see the size of her poos because she's so tiny. She probably, it's probably like rabbit poo. I <laughs> oh,
1: wish it is not. But it's just, whenever we go, I, I have to walk away from her because Seriously?
0: I just don't want to see her poop. <laughs> I know. You know, there is something about the stance where it's like, I'm kind of, I mean, I'm embarrassed. Like, I feel like they're like ashamed to be pooing, but they're not. They're, I mean, they're, he's. Moose is pretty proud to have pooed, but I don't know. There's just something about the they're like, the way their body, like, sits like that that is, like, I don't know. sad.
1: Does Moose have moose size poops?
0: Yeah, I think they're pretty proportionate to his size. Like, they're not huge and they're not tiny, um, but he's not efficient. I mean, it, he really has to have to go to be efficient, like, to, to go do his thing and come back. Like, otherwise, it's a lot of sniffing and walking around and finding the right spot and it's forever, and sometimes it doesn't happen, and then I freak out because I think he's going to get up in the middle of the night having to go, which did happen a couple nights ago. So, so how old is he now? He's seven months. Yeah, it will change, and people always say that's
1: me. I'm like, oh my god, but it really will because she, like, I definitely know when she has to poop, and she um, knows now that she needs to go before bedtime. Like, they get they get it in their heads to know what they have to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. Generally he's been good about a schedule except what happened was on Sunday you know, it was like rainy and gross here and I just did not feel like going out with him and so I did take him to the park and have him run around cuz that's actually the best time cuz there's no do- there's no other dogs out and there's no one out cuz it's pouring and he gets a little shower in his undercarriage which can get kind of sticky so it's good for him to like run around in like wet grass <laughs> so he gets a little outdoor bath a little nature bath um but then I gave him this treat. I think it's called, wait, Sophie knows what it's called now. I'm forgetting. It's like, um, I don't know. It's in this like rubber ball and you, you wedge the treat in there. It's a pretty big hunk of something. It's supposed to like clean his teeth and stuff. But he absolutely loves that thing and it will occupy him for like nine hours straight. And usually I take it away because it's a lot for him to digest the whole thing. But on Sunday, I just like let him have it for the whole day. And I paid for that. Like, yeah, middle of the night, he had to go. It was not fun. That's like if Stella has a bone
1: before a little bit later in the day and before she'll be thirsty all night. And all I hear her go, oh, my God, drives me crazy. But um,
0: has everybody warmed up to moose in your family? Um. Yeah, I think everyone's warmed up. I mean, you know, Sean coexists with him. He's very nice to him. Um. Yeah, he's a sweet. He's a very sweet dog. He's a very good natured dog. Yeah. 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 What about Stella? I well, mean, it's been a while, but
1: uh, well, Kevin is obsessed. So is Penelope. So the it goes like this. Uh, Stella's favorite is uh, Kevin, Penelope, Hudson, me. And then Sienna. I don't even know if her and Sienna really know each other. <laughs> but yesterday, Sienna was home, and I guess they bonded. But um, yeah, I think you know she, you, they grow on you these little doggies. Mm-hmm. Definitely.
0: So is Kevin the favorite because he's like the source of food? Does he is he the one who feeds him? She he pretty much feeds her, her. all the
1: time. yeah all the time. But um, yeah, she, he's definitely the dominant person
0: in her life for sure. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah interesting well I think I'm the I'm the source of food and walks um and then Eva and Sophie are pretty tied for like cuddle and whatever yeah (laughs) how big is this gonna get um I don't really know I think nobody knows the answer to that because they just I don't know no one seems to know but it's, it's he's supposed the maximum's supposed to be 55 pounds he's about 25 now and he's seven months so my guess is he'll get pretty close okay. to 50, um, but I, no one really knows. Yeah.
1: Well, that's exciting.
0: It is exciting. Yeah. Unfortunately, he's getting his balls cut off next week, but other
1: than that, it's great. Oh, my God. When uh, Stella got her neutered, Kevin, so they put this such a stiff thing, you know, around their neck. So Kevin bought this taco. It's like a very soft shell. Like It looks like a taco. It's like a pillow. So. Yeah just, you might want to get something like that. That's super, a little softer because she was so uncomfortable.
0: I do. I want to get something. I was going to wait till I, he goes tomorrow to get his blood drawn and I was going to wait and see what they told me to get. Yeah. But, um, do you think, so they give, do they give you one that's like too hard and then you wouldn't bought one? It was the cone, right? So it was like, mm-hmm. it was too hard and it, it, like literally she had no
1: movement in her neck, like none at all. And, the other thing I'm going to warn you is they get really gross because you can't bathe them. So mm-hmm. it's like nasty by the end. She needed it. It was gross. It gets a little gross. but yeah, she had no movement at all in her neck. So we just got her something that still prevented her from, you know, going to scratch or anything, but she had a little more movement in her neck.
0: Yeah. You know, oh, well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So today we're talking about what makes someone an expert. What do you think you're an expert on, Tara?
1: Oh, so what's on the list? <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, well, I would say I'm an expert in fashion because it is literally my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, i I mean, when I was a therapist, I think I was pretty good at being a therapist. I mean, you know, I felt like maybe I was an expert in that. But – the reason I actually thought about this topic is because I think a lot of people throw around expert now, especially mm-hmm. Instagram and these types of things. And so I was wondering what Jill would think constitutes an expert, because you must come across people who maybe want to say they're an expert in something, but maybe they're not. I don't know. What do you think about this?
0: Yeah. I, I think a lot of people like self-anoint themselves experts. Like the, I'm a self-anointed expert on, whatever Stanley Cups yes. um <laughs> yeah I don't know I mean I I don't like if you asked me the question I'm like what am I an expert in I don't think I would say anything I just don't know I think it's too um it's like to me an expert is someone who has a significant amount of expertise Significant degrees and like education around something. Not, I'm not saying like in fashion because I feel like in fashion or, or really in any like creative field, it's more in like hard. I guess I'm thinking more like hard sciences or or political science or you know things where you really do need to know. You need a lot of knowledge to be an expert. And I'm not saying you don't need a lot of knowledge in in fashion, but I don't think that someone who is like you could be an expert in fashion design and then you would need to have, if you said that, then I think you would need to have like significant education and experience designing clothes. Yeah. But to be a, an expert in fashion is different. Like that's more about understanding the trends and what looks good on people and, and there's a lot, there is some theory in there, right? Like the understanding yeah. like proportions and whatever, you know better than I do and colors and, um, but I don't know. I, I I agree with you. A lot of people sort of claim they're the experts on stuff, and maybe they're not. Did you come across somebody like that? I just feel like you know I see people saying things that they're an expert in
1: in like fashion or whatever content, or you know, it's obviously the things that I. See. And I'm thinking, really, like, what what makes you an expert? I'm just curious. I I don't. I'm not judging. <laughs> I'm yeah,
0: confident.
1: but I would like. What you're saying, I agree. If you are, if you have a PhD, if you've been published, if you've done research, I mean, these are all things that really constitute an expert, like that is right. an expert in your field, right? And mine probably is a little bit harder to define. But I also, like, I wouldn't call myself an expert. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not how I would define myself. Mm-hmm. I, don't know, I just feel like I've seen lately people throwing it around a lot. And, then, and so I was just wondering, well... So what do you, like, why why do you think you're an expert? Just because you enjoy it, which is great. You should really do mm-hmm. what you do. Absolutely. doesn't make you an expert.
0: Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people who are not experts on what's happening in the Middle East right now, <laughs> and, but who are out there trying to carve out that space that they are experts somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think that the you know, I think if you're, if you are going to walk around calling yourself an expert, it needs to be, um, not because you have absorbed what 5 million other people have said about something, and now you're the expert. It's because you actually have some real knowledge and education that you acquired independently. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's not fair. Cause it, I guess you could be absorbing historians and professors and whatever, you know, knowledge that they have. But I don't know. I think there's a lot of people who like, aggregate a lot of information and then they think they're an expert because they've created a huge, you know, database of information. But well, I think going back to the Middle East piece
1: that you just said, you know, I do find a lot of people who we talked about this before people in fashion content creators speaking about the Middle East or Israel or Hamas or whatever, as if they are full of knowledge and could be considered an expert. And that worries me a little bit because that is, you know, maybe not giving the accurate information. And yet young people are, you know, taking all that information in. Right. It definitely brings new meaning to the word influencer. Yes. A lot of them do it. And then I see some people commenting, saying, which we talked about before, like they're trying to make money off of this situation And people saying, you know, why are you – like, this is not okay. You should not be capitalizing on this situation. But they really don't understand what they're doing, so they really think they're doing good. So there's a lot of confusion out there, which I think goes back to the problem with social media in some ways. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I I definitely see – it's occurred to me that there are a few people – not a few, but a few that I follow on Instagram who – are using this as, like, they've never been so excited to have something to talk about, basically. Even though they feel very strongly about whatever cause they're, you know, talking about and they're, they're, you know, they're really affected by it, this is, like, their their shining moment is to be able to speak about the stuff, which is fine, I guess, but I don't know. I get sick of of the reposts and reposts and reposts of the same people's stuff over and over.
1: Yeah, me too. But anyway, so... I would say, don't call yourself an expert, (laughs) unless you really are. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think that if you turned in a resume or something and called yourself an expert, I don't know if that would be a good thing, would it?
0: No. I don't think it's a good thing. And I also think that you, I always feel like it's best to have like just a touch of humility. Absolutely. So you might think you might be an expert, but at least be open to learning and- being wrong about stuff. Love that. Great way to end, <laughs> Jill.
1: <laughs> if you guys have any questions or comments, let us Wait, know.
0: wait. One thing you and I are experts on is bar and Bob Mitzvahs. Oh, 100. So, hands down. Between us, it's six. So, we are, that's considered
1: expertise right there. We yep. can hire the people, we can fire the people. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> and all in between. We could probably create a playlist. A bar mitzvah, a bat mitzvah playlist. Like exactly. easy.
1: And the and it And what you should put your money into and what you shouldn't. Yeah. More, more.
0: I actually thought that I actually encouraged Beckett to um at one point a while ago to to create a YouTube series of like for like kids for teens, like this is what you do. This is what you give, this is what you wear, this is what because like a lot of people get invited to bar and bat mitzvahs where they have no idea what to do, where, see, whatever um this is why you come to the service and not just the party you know yeah there's the tra- training videos yeah
1: i like that <laughs> i think you know uh, my son just had his bar mitzvah and 90% of the kids had never been to a bar mitzvah before that was their first one and i was so impressed they literally sat you know it's a long service and they sat through the whole thing and you know that was especially now i feel like it's probably really a great experience for them to have some kind of connection or you know to Judaism, maybe none of
0: them even knew. So, you know, it's so interesting you say that because I found I also noticed that the behavior of the kids at the at Sophie's Bat Mitzvah this year was was so much better than my other two kids several years ago, and I wonder, I wonder if it has to do – and if it has anything to do with, like, COVID. And just – even though I feel like behavior has actually gotten worse in general because of COVID because kids mm-hmm. are hiding behind their screens at home. Um, but for some reason, and maybe it's just a fluke, but the fact that both of our kids had very nicely behaved audiences. Yeah, your kids, um,
1: your kids at Sophie's were great. They got up on the sta- on the Bima <laughs> stage. Together. But they were – like, they were participating. They were great. Yeah,
0: They yeah. were all
1: so good good kids we're proud of all the kids yay kids so good
0: all right well thank you tara thank this you. has been expert <laughs> goodbye Bye. we hope you enjoyed today's episode we would love to answer any of your questions on future episodes of shorts bermuda shorts jean shorts short shorts
1: boy shorts tennis shorts cargo shorts pleated shorts
0: running shorts for shorts.